What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the PG Sports Podcast. I'm back after a little hiatus of two days. You know, I was doing too much, so I had to take the day off. But I got three in a row today. Our special guest is Tykara Carter. She went to the same college as me. She's a sports journalist, and we're going to chop it up about all that stuff, transitioning, you know, from D1 athlete to the real world, what she's doing now, you know, the pandemic, all that good stuff. Hey, how are you? Good, how about you? I'm great, just here in the house. Am I uh, good on your end? Is it? Mm-hmm. I can hear you. Yep, you're clear. Right, cool. Day. cool, yeah. So what have you been uh, up to, uh, you know, during the pandemic? So I've been teaching myself how to make graphics on Photoshop. So that's been something that's cool. Hey, Sacred Heart Women's Basketball. Um, I've also been, um, I made a series called Checking In. So, hey, Aja. So just trying to keep up with that series and reach out to people and talk to people. Uh, I'm getting my resume revamped. So doing some productive stuff that not everybody, you know, thinks of or is on at the moment. So those have been my things. Um, how am I still continuing to like elevate my network and then holding myself accountable for something? So by starting checking in, it's been a way for me to reach out to people, uh, to practice interviewing people and just being, you know, all around productive as a sports journalist. Yeah, definitely. Do do people actually ask for your resumes now or just your real or both? Um, well, when I was applying for like jobs and news, they asked for my resume. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel as though my resume was like, okay. But then like, you know, pe- over time, like you get people to check out your resume and I was getting advice from people like, hey, I think you should add X, Y, Z. So I paid a lovely lady by the name of Lauren. She used to hoop at GW and she does um, career resume services to um, kind of revamp it and redo it for me. Yeah, I mean, especially with the, uh, you know, like the bot, the ones that go through bots and then they're just, they see the words on it. And then sometimes your thing could just get deleted even though you're a good candidate. Right, so with news jobs, like what I would do when I apply is like, I'll apply for the job and then like I would go hunting for like the news director's email address and then I would send my stuff directly to them. So it's like to each his own after that one, like either he reads it or he yeah. doesn't. But like I did my part to like make sure I'm not limited to like a you know, computer or whatever. Yeah. Or a bot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and definitely uh I know you're on LinkedIn too, so I know that's huge now. Um Yeah. And the thing is, when I made LinkedIn, like, I didn't take it seriously at all until I went to the, um, the Winning Edge, which is Maria Taylor's, um, her, like, nonprofit giving back uh, career thing. So I went to a career summit, and they spoke about, like, how important LinkedIn is and, like, how you should have a header picture, how you should have you know, your job title and stuff like that in different ways to use LinkedIn. So ever since I went to that career summit last summer in, um, where was it? In California. Ever since I went there, I've been pretty golden as far as, you know, making sure I'm at least active on LinkedIn. They're like, you know, don't just add random people because they want to add you. Like, it's not about how many 
um, friends you have on LinkedIn. It's really mm -hmm. about the network part. So I started taking it more seriously. Yeah, I'm kind of getting sick of the spam people. <laughs> yeah, I get spam messages too. And it's kind of funny, but I'm like, Hey, yeah, sometimes I, sometimes, sometimes I just play. Sometimes I just play with them on when they're trying to get me on a phone call or something, and just say like, "Oh yeah, tell me a little bit more." Yeah, so I've <laughs> had that happen to me. Like somebody was like, "The Redskins are looking for something." I'm like, "No, they're not." Like we people don't know. Like you can just go and Google them. So like yeah. I'll go and I'll Google them. Hey, Dad, that's my dad who sent the thumbs the thumbs up. But um, you know, you can just Google people's names and stuff like that now. So I'm like, is this a real person? <laughs> Yeah, I literally like two weeks ago. I literally read a, a message to my friend. And he was like, "Oh, I literally just got the same exact message." Like they're literally just copying and pasting too. That's why it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you gotta be careful on LinkedIn a little bit too. Yeah, but that's why. It's that's cool. why it's annoying too. Yeah, that's why it's annoying because like it was supposed to be you know for professional networking, and now you know mm -hmm. the spammers and scammers are getting on. <laughs> yeah, I get ran I get random messages all the time on there. And like random people trying to add me. It'll be like I usually try to see like do we have mutual friends or like yeah. who in their network like maybe I don't have them on LinkedIn, but like I would know. So yeah. like if not, I'm like clamps. I, yeah. I know you. Or I they, mean or they... and I understand the point is to get to know yeah. people, but it's just like yeah, we have no type of association. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to get the, um like technology and stuff like that like random people be adding me so yeah yeah and they uh and they do it by schools too because then i noticed like even i know they didn't go to sacred heart but they have like a bunch of people from sacred heart and then it says like so it's funny but yeah yeah it's just weird but yeah actually it's funny you said that about linkedin because uh when i started at sacred heart in 2010 uh which i'm dating myself now but uh i remember i had a computer intro class and the guy made us make LinkedIn and we were like, and it was just like nothing then. And then, so, I mean, it was pretty crazy. That That's funny. That. Like the evolution of things. It's kind of yeah. like with all social networks, you know what I mean? Like, um, Facebook, right. It used to be like our thing. And then we mm. migrated to like Instagram and now all our aunties. And, well, I don't know about you, but I know for my family, like my grandma is on Facebook, my aunt, my cousins. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay, so Facebook. Facebook is like the family friendly site. Not saying mm -hmm. that Instagram can't be, but I feel like Instagram is for more of us millennials. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, actually, I just saw um, like Gino Oriyama created the Instagram yesterday, or yesterday maybe, or two days ago. And he, That's in his first video, yeah, his first video was just like, yeah, like, don't watch my lives. This is dumb. Like, I never thought I was going to be on this app, but this is dumb. Like, he was just, like, clowning himself. And then, like, <laughs> it's so funny because, like, yeah, every, people are, like, doing stuff now that they want to do because, you know, they're inside, obviously. Yeah, the, um, the pandemic must have got to Gino. He must have been like, let me see what this is all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so going into your uh, Sacred Heart career, what, what made you pick Sacred Heart anyways? Well, I'm going to give y'all the real. I, first of all, when I went to Sacred Heart and I took my visit for like, you know, Division One basketball, I had never heard of it. So I was just like. Neither. Oh, and I'm from cool. <laughs> Yeah, I never heard of it, but um, I was a late signer. So I signed in May of my 
uh, senior year. And by that time, you know, people are already signed, sealed, delivered, and gone. But I was late on that aspect. I wasn't testing well on my SATs and my ACTs. Like, so I had other schools who were interested in me, but I wasn't doing well on my testing, like, whatsoever. I hate standardized tests, hence, hence why, you know, mm-hmm. for journalists, broadcaster, whatever. So I wasn't doing well. I went to a tournament. So I played unsigned senior with my um, old high school, Riverdale Baptist. And I went to a tournament, and Sacred Heart was there. And um, my former coach, Coach Jessica Minetti, she had coached at Hofstra. And so when I was younger, I used to go to Hofstra's basketball camps all the time. And um, she had knew me from, you know, back when, when I used to go to their camps and stuff like that. And when she heard that I was still available and I wasn't signed, she came over and watched me play. And maybe like a week later, like, you know, they was trying to get me to come up to Sacred Heart. So I went, loved it, had a good experience, good time, uh, hung out with like the team a bit. And then, you know, I committed and took that free scholarship. And it ultimately turned out to be like, if I had to do it all over again, I would go to Sacred Heart. So there wasn't any like other schools you were going to pick them So the other schools that were interesting me at the time was Hampton University. So HBCU and Furman University, which is, what conference is Furman in? I think they're in like the big south. Yeah, so it was, um, but Sacred Heart, you didn't have to have like a standardized test score to get in there. Yeah, that's how I got into it. You only needed (laughs) your ACT, not your SAT. So it was like, it was great. The way everything worked out, it was cool. When I went on my visit, I was like really nervous because I was just like, I never heard of this school before. And a lot of people still say that to me, but I feel like Sacred Heart is doing such a great job of like being established now, like putting the diner on campus and, uh, you know, the new Bobby V facilities. Everything is just like, wow, that's amazing. Like, it's crazy how much the school has expanded from like the time that I went there and all our classes was in one building to then the communications mm-hmm. building being built. And now they have, um, what is it called? Like West Campus. I'm not even, yes. I didn't even experience that. I know it's there, yeah. but you know, and then you said you went there in 2010. So y'all really, you know, y'all was studying. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I graduated 2014. So you were a freshman? Yeah, so I was a freshman. Yeah. yeah so, so all we had was C3s and we had Linux. I don't know what 63s is. You don't flick. know what 63s is? Flick, flick. Flick. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we got another name for it, but I can't say it on my live. Yeah, you can't say it. I don't know what it is, but um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think the, I guess the Linda McMahon building was there senior or junior this year and then senior, or the end of junior year, I think. I think that was a newer building. I think that was it. I think that was it after I, left but i mean i went there for grad school and the communication building open so i was in there for like a minute yeah the communication building was great that was like top tier that was that was an upgrade right there i think when did i start so my sophomore year is when the communications building (laughs) tell me not to say i'm not gonna say the other name for flick i'm gonna leave that to myself but um yeah 
Sacred Heart is doing a really good job of building. Like, I can't imagine what it's going to look like. Even, I could say 10 years from now, but really even in the next five years, I have no idea. Like, they're going to get more and more people. They're going to get top-tier recruits because the campus is awesome. Like, they're just expanding. Well, do you think they're going to get more recruits? I believe so. Yes, I do. I feel like, first of all, they're in a great location. If, you're, if you can't go to UConn, you know, you're not up there. You're not Geno's level. Cool. Mm-hmm. But Sacred Heart, you hop on a train, you're in New York City in an hour. You're in an awesome location. If you want to be like a sports broadcaster or something, uh, ESPN in Bristol. Like, there's amazing things that surround Sacred Heart that maybe everyone doesn't get to experience because, you know, they're in school. They're not worried about it and stuff like that. But I think just the campus kind of draws you in because it's not big. It's not too big where it overwhelms you. But the things that they're doing are so beautiful where it's making it seem like this could be like a, a little home. Like when I went up there um, for my best friend's birthday, I was like, this looks like a, a scene off a Harry Potter movie. Like the new dorms that they're building, like that are oh, yeah. across the street from, across the street. I mean, across from the pit center i'm like dang this i'm like looking around like where am i you know what i mean so i think they'll get like they'll start getting more and more recruits this is just a guess don't know if it'll be true or not they'll probably graduate from the nec conference and move on up but um you know like i could see them playing in the mac or something like that um the mac with two a's not the one a um so yeah what's up with what's up with all the uh, men's players transferring though I think, and this is just my opinion, as far as men's basketball goes, when you have a a greater goal, I feel as though a lot of them think, I can't do it here at this specific school, so I'm going to move on. And I feel like, you know, that's their mindset. We see, like, kind of back in the day, like a a player like Scottie Pimpin went NAIA and boom, you know, he's in the league. So I think it's about approach. But I also think in the generation that we're in, if you don't have, like, a big name off the bat or if people don't know your school, you're kind of already counted out. So that's why I feel like a lot of them leave and go different places because they feel as though, you know, I can't necessarily make it from here. So I don't think it's anything against, like, the school because, like I said, Sacred Heart's a great school, full scholarships, all that other stuff. But when they think about if my goal is to play in the league, I might not be the one who can do it from here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think they're kind of mistaken because like if they do get in the, you know, the scoring ranks, then they're going to get attention. And obviously we've seen a few players from smaller schools like Damian Lillard uh, and. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's really a mindset thing. Like, um, I think they're capable. Like this year, the men's basketball team, they had a really good season and, you know, two people departed. But um, I think like EJ four people did. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, you know, they graduated some seniors. And then what I know of is that they have two transfers. But um, EJ graduated early. And so he's using like his fifth year to play elsewhere. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you can do that without having to sit out and, you know, he's going to like one of his dream schools, that's a smart thing to do. Like I'm all, I'm here for it. Um, but I really did think they had a, a great season and it's cool to see how they continue 
to build their program and grow as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so going back to your career, what, what was your overall experience like at Sigbar on and off the court? It was cool. Like I said, when I first went there, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, I'm in Connecticut, a place that I barely ever heard of. Um, just like, I'm here. But once you go there and you get embedded into like a team and a sisterhood, like there's, you have the experience of a lifetime. You're with your teammates more than half the day. You guys love each other. You guys get sick of each other. Um, but you pretty much go all out and just make the best of your experience and I think we definitely did that and that's why like I was able to you know see like New York City and stuff like that because we were that close or whatever so I feel as though um career-wise like it still stings me a little bit that like I left and never won a ring we played in the championship game my sophomore year against Robert Morris and we lost so if there's anything that I like wish we could go back and do it again is to like win a ring yeah would they win in 2013 14 2012 uh, not 14, 13? i wasn't there i don't think it was 13 i think it was 2012 or like coach swanson had like left so i think like the transitioning period when um my head coach had came in i don't think mm -hmm. uh we've had a championship since so we did well like we played in the yeah. NIT, I believe, twice. I played in a championship in my career. So two NITs, mm -hmm. a championship game. Like, you know, some people would never, ever do that. So it's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, that that's what I actually would have really just wanted was a ring. What's up, Anthony? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, the banners are cool. We got some banners. But regular season championships, yeah. But not, yeah, the, can, not the whole thing. Yeah. I think I, uh, I, think I went to the – I think it was when they won the – I think it was, like, the semifinals game. It was, like, the – I think it was the most people at the time to go to a basketball game. So, it was cool. The, it was the women's game. Semifinals? I think we played against Mount St. Mary's in, like, this – or maybe that was the quarterfinals, my sophomore year. I don't really remember. I remember we beat up on somebody, like, really bad the game before we went to the championship game my sophomore year. And then my sophomore year, like, I had never, ever seen the Pitt Center with that many people. Like, it was crazy. Like, it was people standing, <laughs> sitting. And when you're playing in a game, you're so locked in. Like, it wasn't until we was about to lose, like, I kind of looked around and was like, dang, we have fans up in here today. Like, people really came out to watch us play in this championship game. So that's where it kind of, like, hurt the most, that, like, uh, we had all yeah. that support and all those people there, and I had never seen, like, our gym that packed, and it was just, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, fun fact, I don't know if you know that uh, CJ McCollum actually played at Sega Heart, like, versus him. No, I did not. Yeah. Know. I was were mad. We, were we a Division One man? Yeah, yeah, it was before you were there. Um, I just remember – because it was, like, during the spring break, and I missed it, and I was mad. It was him. He put, so, he played well, versus – Well, he went uh, to Lehigh. Yeah, so, yeah, so they played Lehigh. Uh-huh. And then uh, – so, it was, like, him versus Shane Gibson, because, like, because them two were in the top, like, ten of scoring that year. Oh, okay. Yes, that is a fun fact. Yeah. A.B., you went to that game? Was he there? I don't know. He might have been there. <clears throat> um, yeah, so, going into – after school what was the transition like to go into you know the real world and you know going to sports the sports uh business side it's hard 
and it still is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard work, but um, I don't, I would say limit myself because, or I'm not trying to like think about it as, you know, a sprint, like it's a marathon. So I just continue to let me put content out and, you know, get better. It's not more so about me like landing like this big job, posting on social media, hey, you know, we up and stuff like that. It's more so like, what are ways that I'm continuing to make myself better? So when I do get that job opportunity, I am prepared and I'm ready and it's something that I can keep. Mm. So it's not like a, um, you know, a burden on me to be like, you know, working this hard and just like, uh, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy like the creative aspects of things. I enjoy like learning new things through sports journalists, understanding the importance of networking and reaching out to people and stuff like that. So those are things that I feel like I learned more so as a postgraduate that I didn't learn while I was in school or I didn't, or maybe somebody was trying to tell me and I didn't take it seriously enough because I was, you know, trying to focus on being that student athlete which was a basketball player and getting good grades mm. and not really even thinking about like post career or anything like that so yeah pretty much it's been cool it's hard it's not easy at all but i think it's fun learning new things about myself learning how creative that i can be and the limits that i can kind of uh take myself to mm -hmm. what like what do you want to do not like your dream job but like what do you want to do like in be what's your dream job and then what do you want to do like in between those jobs to get that job so dream job is is kind of weird because like i like the aspect of like where i get to kind of get real with like players or athletes and i want to be like that kind of like that taylor rooks where she kind of connects mm -hmm. with the athletes and she's also a woman and i feel as though when i watch her like people feel comfortable around her so I kind of want to be like the that host mm -hmm. and kind of have my own thing. But I also um, want to be a sideline reporter as well for uh, NCAA basketball. Specifically, when I was coming up, I would always be like, I want to um, be a sideline reporter for CBS Sports Network, which is still very true, college mm -hmm. basketball specifically, because I love college basketball. Absolutely love it. So, are, like, women's and men's or just women's? No, both. I, both yeah. sides. Like, I'm crazy about college basketball because, to me, I feel like I can relate to it a little bit more. Like, of course, I love the NBA and I love the WNBA, yeah. but I really enjoy, like, watching the players, like, give it their all for their universities. I like the storylines that come along with college basketball. Like, um, you know, you didn't know this person grew up living – you know, in this place, X, Y, Z, and they play basketball because I really enjoy, like, the, the building of the storylines, keeping up with the rankings every week and stuff like that. Um, being like, ooh, like, you come home. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, so that's what I enjoy the most. Who, who do you think would have won on both sides this year if there was a, if there was a March Madness? The women, I believe Oregon would have won. And then for the men, I don't know. It was really tough. Like, that's why I was so excited to watch March Madness this year because the parody was, like, real. I'm like, we got Dayton, like, you know, yeah. in the 
top 10. I believe who else? It was like San Diego State, like schools who are just not typically ranked high. And then teams who normally have good seasons weren't having the best seasons, like my poor Tar Heels. So uh, for the men, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it could have been anybody, to be honest. Like, it could have been like mm-hmm. probably ten different teams. Yes, exactly. So I can't, I can't really call it. But I was big on Oregon. I think. Uh, yeah, I think the South Carolina women were like trying to campaign that they're like champions, like on Twitter. Yeah, it's so funny because um, <laughs> I was seeing like these Instagram fights and stuff like that where people was like, "Well, if we would have had the tournament, you already know." And I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like I don't like how the ACC gave Florida State men's basketball the turning champ- championship like the championship didn't mm-hmm. happen so how are they champs because they had a better record like we all know that upsets happen all the time in those tournaments so mm-hmm. the ACC just went ahead and crowned Florida State men's basketball team as champions I'm like okay yeah. I mean yeah. yeah I mean that was crazy too like the Big East uh, championship Game, or like the tournament was going on like still during this and then they like, I was, yeah, the, uh, I was watching that I was like what is going on they like sent it up to the booth yeah. like during halftime and it was like that felt like a movie like breaking news yeah. uh, game is over pretty much <laughs> I was like yeah. okay so that was like my last basketball that I watched when that happened yeah and it's just weird too because it was like an MSG like a lot of they even have the game yeah and then um you know it was supposed to be like limited fans and stuff like that and the fans were um it was limited but i felt like it was still a little bit like too many people in the building if we were being quite frank so i was like i mean one way or another i felt like that game was gonna be over yeah definitely strange someone asked a question how has Kobe inspired you and who else have has inspired you? Oh, wow. So I was huge, huge Kobe Bryant fan, like huge. Uh, my dad pretty much made me grow up a Lakers fan, which is cool. Proud of it. Um, and he would always tell me, like, have Mamba mentality, like, before this is even a thing. Or, like, we loved his commercial where he was, like, Kobe system. Like, we would always go around and say that. So he inspired me just his work ethic part. Like, no, I was nowhere close to being as good as Kobe Bryant. And that's okay, but, like, you can have inspiration from a person's work ethic, although, like, you're not them. And, you know, there's not going to be too many people, I think, to walk this earth to have the work ethic like this man. But um, I feel like he was just an inspiration as far as being a guy, you know, for the culture, being able to watch him and um, being the MJ of my generation. Like, um, watching The Last Dance has been cool because I've been getting to learn more about Michael Jordan. Of course, you know who he is and the I think the tip of the surface of the things that he's done as far as me being a 24-year-old woman. But... I got to actually experience like Kobe and watch his rings and watch him evolve. So that's why I was such a fan and inspired by him and his work ethic. It was just almost like, how do you not like this man or love like what he does for the game of basketball and his competitive nature and who he is? Yeah. Um, oh, what about who else inspired you? 
who else inspired so i was growing up or i still am big candace parker fan like loved watching her play when she was at tennessee um she's just a dog like the facial expressions she makes and everything that she does i was big on candace parker uh her competitive nature i feel like if you tell her that she can't do something and she's going to do it and she'll probably do it 10 times better than you told her that she couldn't do it so that's what i loved about candace parker and her game of course i like to go diana tarasi uh she's another one who when i worked for the new york liberty um for their game night staff watching her play in person is like crazy and like where we got to sit like during the games hearing her talk to these women crazy was like phenomenal i'm like she she go she go a little too hard she make you not even want to play basketball and kind of want to fight a little bit (laughs) that's funny um what about why why'd you wear number two at cigar i wore number two because number three was taken if we're being quite honest i wore number three my whole pretty much high school and middle school and then when i got there adasia she had number um three and I, and I was like you know it's cool it's time for a change anyway so I went with number two and I loved it all right so then why'd you wear three I wore three why did I wear three Candace Parker wore number three uh-huh. I just messed with the number three so hard like I was like you know what I'm TC3 they they're like CP3 Candace Parker three I'm TC3 <laughs> all right, there you go. um oh yeah wait, wait, what was your like favorite basketball memory at shoe at shoe hmm or you got another one that seems like you you had son at the beginning like of all basketball your whole career my whole career so i had a game in high school where i scored 42 points and but after like it was like five seconds left in the game maybe Mm -hmm. girl broke my nose and so it was like bittersweet it was like dang like i really just did that and it's like i don't even remember like how it kind of all happened like i feel like games where you kind of have like an outer body experience and you just lighten it up like you kind of reflect on it like dang like what was i doing where i really scored 42 points like (laughs) so that was cool and then it was like I might have could have had 45. I was, it was like time was running down. I was just throwing up some stuff anyway. And the girl, she tried to block my shot and she missed and she hit my nose and she broke my nose. So I had 42 points in the all night visit to the hospital. Um, so that was like one of my most like games that I kind of remember. But like I said, when you like sitting there, you dropping buckets, I don't remember like how it all happened. I just remember like, I was pulling up from like the volleyball line, just like <laughs> it was funny, but it was crazy too. Cause I was like, "Dang, that went in!" I had all my threes that game too. I used to do them by uh, cement threes. And then um, at shoe, I think um, a game that just comes to mind was um, we played St. Francis Brooklyn at home. And um, I, like, played, like, streaky minutes throughout my career, truthfully. And so it was, what was it, my sophomore year? It was maybe my sophomore or my junior year. I don't remember which one. 
and I um, hit a game winner for us to win over St. Francis Brooklyn at home. And it was funny because I came off the bench and I might have played like 16 minutes, if that. So I had like 14 points and a game winner and two free throws at the end to ice the game. So that was that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, okay. I lifted us to a victory. <laughs> have you so, ever hit a buzzer beater? You said what? A buzzer beater? I know you said you had so a game winner. So the three that I hit, I think it took us to – Oh no, the three. What did the three do? I hit a. It was like a big time three, but it wasn't a buzzer beater. It was. I think it just put us up. It was like the last shot of the game type feel, but it wasn't a buzzer beater because after that they had a chance to score again, and then um I had gotten like a deflection or something, got the ball, and then I got fouled. And then I hit the two free throws to close out the game. Gotcha. Uh, Sacred Heart Women's Basketball said you should have played her one-on-one for number three. Should I have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should have got that work for the number three. Before I came there, I should have um, – we should have had a discussion. But it's cool. I love number two. Like, it was it was different for me, and it was it was cool. Like, it was my number, so I was like, whatever. I was cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. If they wanted that work, she could have got that work. <laughs> um, yeah. What about like who's been your favorite interview person that you interviewed so far, and like, and who's your uh, let's say like top three dream interviews. So my favorite person that I've gotten to interview so far is Natasha Cloud. She was very. Um, lively like I like a person where you interview them and you don't have to like work hard to get the questions out of them you know what I mean like they want to speak to you they enjoy it um they're going to speak their mind I love that about her like she's not afraid to speak her mind and talk and then um she would like play around a lot or it was like one time at the games I was like doing a stand-up and she like came behind me like dancing in the background and like everybody's laughing I'm looking I'm like this girl so she's like she's really cool and down to earth um if I had to choose top three people to interview LeBron James I would love to talk to LeBron and pick his brain Alan Iverson I'm a big AI fan so that's how I I thought you were three that's what I was thinking uh, I mean, part of the reason, like, I feel like a lot of goats have worn number three. Like, Allen Iverson is my screensaver right now. I mess with AI hard. Like, right. double check, that's my man. I don't know him, but that's my man's. Um, so, I said LeBron. I would want to interview um, AI. And then a third person? That's so hard. I think I would go off the spectrum as far as Someone like Serena Williams right. and like her evolution and speak to her. That would be a really cool person to speak with in an interview. Yeah, actually, I was talking to somebody last week and um, we were talking about how, like, let's say, like, wealthy women don't invest in women's sports, even though they might be an advocate, but they're not investing their money mm-hmm. in it. So, how do you think that, that right. like, they could change that or like people could change that in general? So I think it's true. I know you know Ariel um, Chambers, and she put out a tweet yesterday, and she was like, um, 
we say that women's sports is not getting the coverage, but when we try to cover them, like they turn you down if you're not a, a big person or, you know, a big name. And I think, okay, so that's the first part of it. How can we get them to talk to people more like you, more like I, and just spread the wealth of who they are? Um, I think that would be for starters. I think second for women in sports, it has to be a buy-in. Like you said, it's an investment. And if it's not in high demand, then nobody's going to go after it. So who is going to be that person to like buy in that big time name, like a um, women's sports, I'm investing in you. Let's get it going. Let's, you know, make people watch this. Let's make people be about this. And so it's just kind of like anything. If it's not in high demand, nobody's really on it but as soon as like the right person gets their hands on women's sports and making sure it gets the proper coverage making sure it's on the espn's at a prime time and not at like 10 30 at night mm -hmm. um i think it'll be a big change and a big wave in the way people view women's sports you know everything is like a wave like mm -hmm. i'm not on this wave right now it's always going to be that one person who gets on the wave and then everybody is going to want to hop on the bandwagon yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if you know, like Serena and Venus actually own like a small percentage of the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. So, like that small percentage could have probably like been another. Yeah, yeah like bought like, like probably like, bought yeah. a WNBA team. And I think people also think in terms of like longevity. Like, I feel like people would do away with the WNBA if possible, but they would never ever get rid of the NBA. So or the NFL, so to speak. So Serena and Venus, let me invest in the Dolphins because, yeah. you know, what's going to happen with them? What's going to happen with my investment and my money? Um, and I think it's so-called the smarter move to make, you know what I mean? Um, because yeah. it's but they can more make mistakes. secure. They got, they got money. They can make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with that, too. I totally agree with that. I don't think people think that way, though. They're thinking, like, if the WBA were to end tomorrow, yeah. you know, where would I want my money in the NFL? Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing I would uh, say is, like, I want to see, like, an NBA player. They're always – they say they support it, but if they actually, like, bought a team, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. They support on, like, social media and stuff, which <clears throat> I believe no one takes it for granted at all, like, seeing, like, LeBron tweet about the WNBA – or seeing like these big time names speak about them. But I think people support it on the surface, but they don't necessarily invest in it. Like what you're talking about. Like, yeah, we're gonna say stuff about it on social media, but how do we put money into this thing? And I think a big start of that or a big move was um, when MSG sold the ownership for the New York Liberty and now they'll be playing at Barclays Center and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a big move. And their owner um, for yeah, the, Nets. the Brooklyn Nets, yeah, yeah. he bought yeah. the whole Liberty. Like, that's a smart investment. And then, boom, they'll be playing at the same arena and stuff like that. The women and men will be able to, you know, speak to each other, might be able to work out with each other. I think that's a great change in situation for the New York Liberty. And it's not to say they didn't have that with the MSG company, but I think his buy-in mm -hmm. was great. Yeah, and yeah, I think uh, well, I think things are going to change too, just with uh, new CBA and now 
the athletes mm-hmm. getting paid. So it'll be interesting, like like the top women's basketball players, like them getting endorsements while in college. Yeah, I think that's a, a great move. I like the new CBA a lot. And the CBA was really eye-opening as to the treatment that these women were getting. Like, <laughs> like some of these women are like 30-plus sharing a hotel room with another person and like if you want your own room like you got to pay to have your own room and your own privacy um and then flying you know like basic econ like you're a professional team but i gotta you know get in where i fit in on the plane can't fly comfortably to these places and to our games i think that's absurd yeah yeah definitely um yeah i was even i didn't even know uh one of the guys that I know that plays in the MLS, like soccer, he, he was telling me, I didn't know they flew like regular to like economy. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, cause some of them, some of the European guys come over here. So I was like, they're flying economy. And he's like, yeah, they were flying economy with us. Like, and I was like, what? Like these dudes are like even like worldwide celebrities, I guess you'd say. Yeah. It's <laughs> wild out here. Yeah. So yeah, I think the, uh, the sponsorships and all that is going to be crazy because I even saw um, when the new CBA came out uh, on the WNBA uh, pages, the uh, to be an agent like that thing was gone because like so many people are trying to do it now because they're making more yeah. money. So like you said, like when the money comes and then people are coming. That's so. what it's all about. Money, talks. <laughs> yeah. money, talks, money makes the world go around in sports. It's unfortunate that it's that way because, when you invest in, like, you watch the WBA and, like, you, you really follow it, you're like, these women are like that. Like, sometimes I'm like, I would much rather watch a WNBA game than an NBA game just to appreciate the fundamentals, to appreciate, like, how hard they work every single game because their season is significantly shorter. Um, and, like, they really put it all on the floor every night. There's not a WNBA game that I went to where I felt as though, like, I was thoroughly, like, bored. I don't know where people get that misconception from. Like, they play some great basketball. They talk trash to each other like no other. Like, it's kind of a little brutal, I mean. Like, (laughs) it's funny watching the WNBA because you're just like, how do people, like, not like this? Yeah, and there's not – I didn't – I mean, I don't think I've really seen that many blowouts either. But there was, like – No, the games are pretty tight for the most part. Like, the talent – and I think, you know, the talent is there and it's always so great because another thing, um, you kind of always, for the most part, kind of know who's going to get drafted where um, in the NBA you get like those sleepers or those people that creep up. I feel like for the most part for the WNBA, like when you watch someone in college basketball, you can pretty much be like, oh, yeah, she's going to the league. Yeah. No problems. And she'll probably do numbers. Yeah, I don't know if the guy uh, – I forgot his – I think his name was Joe that bought the uh, – I forgot his last yeah, name. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But it <laughs> yeah, but I wonder – I forgot if he bought them before they knew they were getting the number one pick, or like the Liberty, or, or it was he after. But so he had – he bought them, like, last year. Before, yeah. Um, yeah, he bought them. So, so he this is, like, their transition period right now. But um, it was, like, reports around, like, 2018, 2019 that, like, he was eyeing them. And then he yeah. bought them for like an undisclosed, um, undisclosed amount. So, uh, 
people think like he got them for relatively a low price which is i mean hey cool you're moving um to brooklyn or whatever so we'll see how that works out and if that helps their fans yeah i mean that's a and i'm saying he hit the jackpot because then he got sabrina mm-hmm. this year. so like yeah everything yeah I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he bought them before that happened yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know being from the area watching the washington mystics i'm like cool like we got tina charles and then i thought about it and i'm like i kind of would have loved to see sabrina and tina charles on the you know same squad yeah yeah so i guess they're in a rebuilding mode you say because they got a lot of rebuilding yeah exactly exactly um yeah actually that's funny too because i wanted to mention when you said about tasha cloud and i interviewed her on my podcast and um Mm-hmm. and uh it was funny because i she said something and i was like oh yeah yo so you went back to the dmv and she was like oh you knew what that and she was like impressed that i knew that so like shout <laughs> out to my i'm from connecticut so i mean but i just i learned it from people from shoe that were from there so like moses <laughs> right <laughs> yeah the dmv is where it's at we, we actually we got some nice stuff coming i'm excited actually because there's a um documentary coming out i know you've probably seen like the hbo commercials about it about like pg county in a basketball <laughs> yeah. um, community and you know um kevin durant is going to be in it or he might have produced it whatever the case oh, yeah. is kevin durant saw quinn cook on the commercials and stuff like that so it's gonna be lit people are gonna see like why why this the dmv is considered a part of uh, they call it the basketball mecca <laughs> I don't know if I just saw is like is Wale doing something with them too? I think I saw yeah. that on the commercial, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but it, it drops like May 15th, so that's coming. That's like next week. Actually, I just saw last night too that ESPN's like dropping three more doc or moving up three more document documentaries because of like the last dance. Lord knows we need it. I've been enjoying the last dance. It's like I can't wait till Sunday comes so I can you know tune in and watch the last dance. Yeah, what do you what do you think of it like so far? I love it. I've really enjoyed watching it and like I said, learning about Jordan like you know, a little bit more deeper because growing up, like I said, Jordan fan as far as like I know he got the dope shoes, I know he was like the greatest player in the world. I can watch the highlights and you know, all those other things. But learning like the inside scoop about it is amazing. So I really enjoyed it. I like the soundtrack. Like they got good music mm-hmm. on it. It's like a it's like a whole vibe. And then um, I think the part where they're just being authentic about things, like nothing's like fabricated. If you ask me, like I didn't live back then, but from what I hear on the documentary, like I feel like Jordan is keeping it a hundred. And like who doesn't like that? Yeah, and I like that uh, ESPN is like letting them swear or not. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I like, it like, out. Like, I was I'm like, like right. dang, Jordan be cussing up a storm. <laughs> what um, what about um, uh, what was I gonna say? He uh, I totally forgot what I was gonna say, but um, <clears throat> oh oh yeah, wait, because he tweet or not? He tweeted some. He didn't tweet, but an article came out that he said like people aren't gonna like him after it. But like I, don't, I haven't seen anything yet, so I I don't. So yeah, now I'm thinking, so now I'm, thinking like, I'm thinking he did it to to get in our heads, to make people like you yeah. know, to, or be or yeah. be prepared for like yeah. And now we're like, oh, it's not that bad. 
Like he did it on for he's sick. I mean, to me, it's not like you know. I kind of expected like when people said things like Jordan would get mad and he like punch yeah. somebody in practice or something like that. Like I, I mean, hey, to be the greatest in the world, you might do something like that. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. Um, I feel like seeing like his his personality or like his jokes about like Jerry Krause or something. I don't know if he mm-hmm. felt like people weren't gonna like that. Like he was really going on this man but i mean the whole team didn't like him so who cares yeah um what's your best advice to an inspiring journalist that's actually uh <laughs> yeah it's that's a i i was a substitute teacher and i had to have him <laughs> oh, okay um my best advice is really to just work hard like stop at nothing i believe nothing is going to be given to you uh, you really do have to work for everything that it is that you want. I feel like my another part of my best advice, get a mentor or somebody who is in the same field and who will kind of help guide you and want to see you do well. And a person who you can talk to about things, um, someone you can speak to about job opportunities and stuff like that, and really just network. But I think it's just about working hard. Don't worry you know about when you first start about like the likes the follows none of that stuff just do you and you know the cars will fall where they may if you're faithful to what you believe and you just work hard how do do you get a mentor do you actually like ask them so my mentor so another part of networking her name is monica mcnutt and so um i saw her when I was younger playing AAU, so just keeping the network going. And I was on Instagram one day and I was like, oh, she's like a sports journalist like now, like that's what I wanna do. And I remember when I was in school, um, in high school, she had came to one of my AAU practices and she was making, I guess, a feature story for her master's degree at the University of Maryland. And so this is me graduating now Mm-hmm. I had graduated college and I saw her on Instagram and I was like, I'm gonna just hit her up and see if she remembers me. And so it's funny because she was like, cause she's so down to earth. She's like, girl, I don't really remember you, but hit my phone. Like it was like that. And you know, like since then, like we always like communicate and talk. She'll be like, Hey, don't know if you've seen this job posting, but X, Y, Z, or um, she'll just hit me up to see how I'm doing. If like, I did a gig and I didn't get paid for it. She like, did you talk to them? Like, she's like that. So she's like very on me, but she's honest. Uh, she'll tell it how it is. So I think a mentor is kind of networking, but it's also about timing. Like, did you put yourself in the position to that person? You might meet them when you're at a game or something like that. I feel like uh, it's going to be different situations for different people, but a lot has to do with uh I believe being willing to like talk to that person and reaching out. And then once I did hit her up, she was like, Oh my God, your number was in my phone already. So it was just, it was kind of like fate. She was supposed to be mine. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Cause I always hear, I always hear people, but I don't think I ever had a, a mentor in my, I don't, in my, I don't think so. But I don't know. That's why I always hear people say it. So I'm curious to how that. Happens. Maybe you're the mentor. <laughs> oh my God. I think yeah. so. People talk to you all the time. They'd be like, "What's up?" Blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> oh yeah, but so then, but that doesn't. But all right, I guess. But that doesn't I mean, really... my thing is, it's different strokes for different folks. I feel like that's just what worked out for me. Yeah. And 
something that like I actually enjoy, like having someone to like hit me up and like kind of hold me accountable about things and just seeing how I'm doing, it makes things better. Or if I have a question, I know she already been through the waters and stuff like that. <laughs> so she can do her best to answer it for me. Or if not, like she can reach out to her network and find the answers. So like it's all a big I guess yeah. circle, community, whatever you want to call it. I gotcha. All right. So I asked you a lot of questions. Um, do you got any questions for me? Yeah. So the background of like PG sports, where do you want to take this thing? Um, so I was like, on the uh, do you want it to be like strictly like social media driven or like how far mm. do you want to take PG sports? Um, so, I mean, my main goal is to be a sports agent, baseball agent at the time, but I think I'm going to try uh, to become an uh, NBA agent. Okay, cool. So yeah. on the NBA side of things, so I didn't know. I thought since you were like doing interviewing and stuff, like you wanted to just, whoop, be in front of the camera too. But nah. sports agency is like your thing that you're like working towards. So what did you study at Sacred Heart to uh, kind of put yourself in that position, or um, were you not thinking about that when you were at Sacred Heart quite yet? Uh, yeah, I graduated with uh, sports management, marketing, and then masters in communication media. Oh, well, hey, you, you got it then. You're going to be a sports agent. Yeah, um, yeah I just, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I just do, I don't know, I just started the podcast because I got, like, a network of people, and then I just was, like, kind of, you know, everyone's doing it, and, mm. yeah, and I do a lot of sports marketing stuff now, so I, work, I already work with athletes, help them with, you know, branding and sponsorships and social media and all that. Mm-hmm. So you want to have, like, your own sports agency? Do you want to be, like, um, what's LeBron's agent? Um, Rich Paul. Rich Paul. You want to be, like, the, the Rich Paul of this thing? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're like, whatever. <laughs> well, I don't want to be uh, – no, because, well, no, I don't want to be Rich Paul. <laughs> I don't want, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, like, a big agency. Like, I want, like, five people. Okay, so you want it to be like intimate? That's cool. That's yeah. no problem at all. More for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, saying, yeah, like, <laughs> like I don't want it to be to like at. something like like I don't want to be a mega. Like I even like even when I was doing a lot of clothing stuff, everyone's like, "Oh, you want to be like Nike or Adidas?" I'm like, "No, nah, like, I want to be like underground, like like a streetwear type of like publicity stuff." I mess nah. with that though. And it's like, I like that a lot. And it's something that, like, I want to support more. It's like people who are like the Nikes and stuff like that. Because when people see you rocking something and it's like nice, they're like, hey, what's that? I'm like, that's that. Or like what I did, um, wore a hoodie for like my friend the other day. I'm like, oh, that's that Aja duh. Like, they're like, yeah. who's that? That joint is nice, though. I like yeah, it. I, you know I, what I don't mean? Even, so. I don't even try to wear any kind of like brands anymore. I wear like just people, either people I know or like local brands or whatever. Mm hmm. Smart. Even like I remember, uh, I talked to one of your teammates. She had a brand. I forgot. Uh, what's her name? Diana. She probably has. Was it when she was doing sauce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, cause yeah she, I uh, still have my sauce hoodie. It's like sitting right over there. I wear it all the time. It's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, because we had the, actually. I think our my old professor uh, linked me up with her because it was a marketing guy. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like the underground um, people they got the quality clothing anyway. Well, yeah, that's a funny. Well, it's because people don't realize that, like, you know, all the big companies are buying in bulk and they're actually spending like one dollar on the t-shirts to buy them. Yeah. 
Hitting yeah, I'm really, I really be feeling the um. Don't I know, the who is that? Is that? I think I know you. Don't I? Didn't we do something before? I think I don't know. I don't know who that is. I think I do. I don't know. Well, hey, hey to everybody who's here. <laughs> I'm just looking. Well, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, and Thank yeah, we'll you. be talking, and yeah, I think that's it. That's cool. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning a little bit about um, my sports agent friend here. Um, yeah, we'll keep in touch always. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye.